Is it for real? We used to love it then. We watch it now. We don't know if we like it. Is it for real? You're listening to Is, is it, it for, for real? This is Philip and Katie and Bridget. And this week on the pod for the last uh, pod of Pride Month, we are doing 1996's The Birdcage. Unless you're so. in San Diego and then Pride isn't always in July. Oh, oh my goodness, really? Yeah. We're getting ready to head into Pride Month with a whole bunch of fun stuff coming up, including our huge Pride Parade. Is there and a reason to this madness? Somebody laughed and told me... Um, Somebody from the queer community laughed and told me June gloom. Um, oh, that makes and sense. And I was like, is that real? And they were like, mm. and I was like, okay, because we have May gray and June gloom yeah. and people in Southern California get very, you know, can't, sad can't handle it. <laughs> can't handle it. And so I was like, that makes total sense. And July is usually very sunny and hot here. Interesting. You know, I, um, I, uh, Baltimore's pride was this past weekend, but it's usually father's day weekend. Mm. Um, so this, of course, like for the world or, you know, a lot of, a lot of places, it was the first pride since COVID. So it was like the yeah. first in three years. And I always thought that Baltimore's pride was on father's day weekend, like on purpose for it's like, if your father wants to come to this great. If he doesn't, <laughs> you're not spending father's day with them anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah. So, um, uh, but I don't know if that's why or not anyway, kind of like the June gloom thing, like who knows, but wait, I'm not, I'm not like crazy in that June is pride month, like for more than universal Baltimore. Yeah. Totally. Okay, yes. Yeah. And it's like, okay. yeah, as you see, like all of the corporations ever, it's like the, the, the rainbow oh yes. flag. They're really right. doing their part. Wow. I, know. <laughs> yeah. I hope they're doing um, more than their part with just a rainbow flag. I know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What a flag. We're, we really <laughs> lucked out with that. Oh that my flag. God. Such a um, great flag. It's though. pretty good. Yeah. Um, well, to introduce this movie is truly one of my favorite people. Um, so please take it away. Edwin P. Hi, this is Edwin Perez, and I'm here to introduce The Birdcage, starring Robin Williams and Nathan Lane. This movie reminds me of my hometown, Miami. I was living there at that time when this movie came out. I was in my 20s, and it's wonderful to see a movie when you can uh, look at different locations on film and see if, they, if they're depicted in the, in the way that they actually exist, right, in real life. So when you see, like, the, uh, the cruise ship terminal in the background or, or the different hotels, and you're, and you're wondering, wow, does that place really exist? And you're like, no, it doesn't. Yes, it does. Oh, they're heading in the wrong direction. They wouldn't go that way to get to this location. So that's a lot of fun to do. Also, uh, it's great to see the, uh, the different Art Deco architecture buildings as well uh, of South Beach. That's always a, a beautiful uh, place to visit. But also what's important about this movie is it centers around, I think, uh, family and friends and trust. And I think one of the things that um, uh, is important about this movie is that it was released during a time where LGBTQ community members uh, were still 
uh, struggling for some of the uh, freedoms that we see today or some of the liberties that we have today. And so I think uh, when you watch this movie, you'll see uh, some of these scenes that sometimes they may seem a little stereotypical or outdated, but they kind of do capture, uh, it's a capsule of history uh, for, uh, for the community. And so I think it's important to see it in that lens as well. But it's a lot of fun, the comedic timing between Robin Williams and Nathan Lane is outstanding and also rounded out by an uh, entire cast, including Gene Hackman and others. So enjoy. Awesome. Oh, that's Great. my yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, that's my pal Edwin. Who you you've both possibly met him in passing. I feel He's, I have. I think you've met him. He um we play together in a a band uh, called Bahia Vieja mostly around Christmas time or around the holidays. Um, but he's from Miami. Um, so he was kind enough to do this intro. And he is just like, I think the reason why most of the things I can do at my job, I can do. And he's he's like, he's just worked in every cool place in Baltimore and made such a difference. And he's amazing. So I'm really glad that he agreed to do the intro. Nice. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That was that was a really great intro. And I, I yeah. was, you know, I, I was having, well, we'll get into our levels, but you know, it's, it's helpful to hear that. And I think I was, um, having similar feelings when I saw Steve Martin and Martin short. Um, Mm -hmm. I had the pleasure to see them a couple weekends ago and there were some jokes in there that just were not resonating with interesting. And I, I, I felt there was this like, you know, it casual homophobia as it relates to like their relationship. And, Mm, and instead of just like leaning into the fact that they have a really nice friendship, there's like, you know, we talked about like, for example, in planes, trains, and automobiles, that scene, but there was like a a little bit of an older gay couple sitting next to me. And they basically, we were talking about it a little bit during the show and they were like, yeah, but for us, like, some of this is just about representation. It was like, right. take yeah. what you can get. Cause at the time we weren't getting any. And so there was like a picture of the two of them kissing and there was kind of like a joke about it, but they're all, they were also saying to me, like, as, as they're not representatives of a whole population of, sure. of, of humans, but that they were like, that was, that's still very empowering, especially for mm-hmm. us a, a several years ago. Yeah. So totally. I tried to like, think about some of that when I was watching this. Yeah. Um, but, but it's definitely nuanced and complex in that, in that way. Sorry. Yeah. I kind of like spilled into levels. So Katie, go back. We'll go back to your level. Oh, um, well, uh, I, I think I'll make my level, um, walk out because this movie I remember seeing in the theaters, uh, with my family and another family and my, the other family, my father perceived, um, a member of that family to be incredibly like homophobic. And so my father was so uncomfortable watching this movie with that person that my father walked out during this movie because he oh, couldn't, he couldn't that was handle a twist it to what I thought was. Gonna yes. He, he couldn't handle it, which was a weird thing for me to perceive. Although I pretty much immediately understood like during the movie, I was like, that's an interesting thing to do. <laughs> oh, <dad. laughs> yeah. yeah. But I mean, honestly, in talking about what you're talking about, Bridget, like at the time, it might not have been the weirdest move for anybody to do. Like you wonder how many people did maybe like this movie was maybe not what they thought. Um, but subsequently, so that's the first like I just really remember watching this movie because then we had to like debrief what had happened uh, in the car ride home. But um, did he like mime to the rest of the theater? Like it's not me. Not it's me. this guy. It's not I me. I know exactly. It's this guy. I know, right? Um, but then, uh, so 
Well, right. wait, I, did you guys, did you all know like what you were going to, did the other family know? You know, like, it's interesting was? that I, it, or was I, it just like Robin Williams has a new film with Gene Hackman? Well, maybe it was a combo. I was, th- I've been thinking about that. Of like, was he so shocked? Maybe he like kind of knew the premise, but, um, you know, it's interesting. My level's getting into some trivia here, but um, I'm, I'm not sure how to say the French play and like- Le Cajafon. Thank you. So it's based on this like subversive French play and like film that came out before the Birdcage, of course. Um, and so what was so subversive about it? And I think like in hearing, I heard an interview with Nathan Lane and I've heard, I've read this other places that like the uh, gay men, queer couple in this film are not the villains. Like they are the, like the smart, heroes of mm-hmm. this movie that are arguably mm-hmm. like in control and the other the like heterosexuals are the fools mm-hmm. which is such a reversal so yeah. it might have been it might have been like that mm-hmm. like maybe my father knew what it was going to be about and expected it to be about kind of like like default gay jokes or <laughs> I don't not that he would want to see a movie like that but you know what I mean yeah like maybe he couldn't handle like oh what is this movie communicating mm. interesting yeah. But anyway, well, I subsequently yeah. have seen it a couple of times. Um, and actually, fun fact, it was on when we um, had just come back from your wedding or like maybe we're in between things in San Diego. So I remember watching it in the hotel. And I think oh. Nora said it was on too. <laughs> it was so like playing well, in the lobby or on TV? No, in the on whatever channel the hotel bedrooms okay. had. So I watched like very 40, classic San Diego. Minutes. It's just like on all the time. Yeah. Birdcage. Um, my level is going to be, uh, I think I've made this my level before, but it's apropos for this podcast, which is like teenage birthday party. Um, because I think I went to a teenage birthday party for to Wong Fu in 1995 and then the birdcage in 1996. And I bring those two together because, um, although like I had started to like understand that some of my friends were coming out and it was like becoming like much a bigger part of my life as like an early teenager. These were like two big experiences for me, um, like diving deeper into like the world of LGBTQ. And I haven't seen the birdcage since then. I thought I had. Oh, interesting. But in watching this, um, I was like, no, I, all I remembered was like the gorgeous apartment. And so that I remembered, but I couldn't, I thought there was like, I might be confusing this with another movie, but either way, this was definitely like kind of watching for the first time again. Um, this, this time. Interesting. Um, my level will just be slipping on a banana. Uh, it, Hank Azaria, <laughs> just, I, what stuck in my brain is him slipping. I actually thought he did it a bunch more times than he does. I, I counted it. He, he only like does the little pratfall twice. And I thought it was like 10 times. Cause it like stuck in my brain. Oh, um, I saw it when it came out, probably in the theaters and, and I've seen it a couple times since. So I'm like, but it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I saw it with my folks probably back in the day. Uh, fun story. My mom was in town. And so she watched it with us. And it's, it's like one of her favorite movies. Nora had never seen it. So oh. when it was on TV in San Diego, we um, we did not watch it, apparently. Um, oh, but I, while we're on her, I will say the German name of it 
is the birdcage and because this is a german movie title it has a subtitle so it's ein paradise or paradise für schrille vogel vogel sorry uh which is just a paradise for shrill birds but i think that's just a bad translation <laughs> i think it just for be... a bird cage <laughs> well, no, it's, it's called the bird cage oh, it's called the bird cage i'm paradise for shrilla vogel um wow. but i think wow. it's like interesting different type bird like strange birds like you're strange a strange birds. bird yeah. like yes. you're kind of yeah I yeah, think that it makes is sense. Sort of word, so, yeah. yeah. Huh. Although it's interesting that it's like been translated from Sp- French into English and then German. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the director of this movie is Mike Nichols. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they directed lots of things, including oh, the, gra- the graduate. Yeah, tons. Um, and then Jeff was mentioning to me the 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 screenplay. Mm-hmm. was written by somebody it's like a writing partner they had done multiple things together ellie now, who is it mel yeah something oh. um but just i mean uh, like edwin said like just so much this cast is like stacked. very stacked. stacked very dynamic i still just like can't get over baby ally mcbeal i just don't <laughs> oh, i don't Calista know that i lockhart what a little but fun fact bird. i mean well yeah. first of all i mean <laughs> You know, when she says how old she is, yeah. we rewound, 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 and put subtitles on. So in the facts, it says that he says, like, you're not even 19. I heard you're he not, says even, not 18. even 18. I heard 18, too. But then you're like, well, she's been in college for like two years, almost two years. It's like halfway through her sophomore year. So she couldn't be 17. Well, and that is wild. But then I mean, later on choice. in the movie that later on in the movie, they do identify that she is 18 right? and he's 20. Yeah, exactly. And he, and that um, they've been dating for a year. Yeah. Right. And his name is Dan Futterman. I think yeah. who like is known more for like writing and yeah. like screenwriting and producing. Um, but he, I know, I definitely know him from this movie and a movie called Girls Don't Cry, which maybe we'll have to do one day. Um, <laughs> you but keep threatening that. I yeah. know, I know I do. Um, <laughs> But he was 20, but, um, you know, playing 20 at 27 and Calissa Flockhart was playing like 18 at 30. And that apparently is very different than the French movie. The French movie is like really. She's 30. I think she's 30 in this movie. That's crazy. What? I'll look it up. Because I remember thinking like, wow, is this like her first movie? And then I was like, when was Allie McBeal like? It, it can't be that long after this. It was like that dancing baby was like prime while we were in high school. <laughs> yeah, I feel like. exactly. I think it was around the same time that Allie McBeal. Um, oh, wow. Started. Well, this movie I mean, definitely, yeah, she was born yeah. in 1964. So, yeah. Okay. So let's do the math. Let's 96. do the math. She was. <laughs> she was 96 32. years old. 96 years old. No, 30. Cause it was in 96. Right. What year was she born? 64. So 32. <laughs> Am I 90, losing it? 96 minus 64. This is oh, yeah, math. you're right. 32. 32. That's this is, wild. This podcast brought to you by math. <laughs> I by don't the do math Number in my head. 32. I sat that one out. <laughs> you Sorry, did guys. sit it out. I did it in my head and then I wrote it down. Check yeah. your work. Check your work. <laughs> <laughs> um. I think this, yeah, this movie kind of like lives in like a little birdcage <laughs> because yeah. it's, it does, it does feel like it's from a long time ago. Should we just talk about the cast a little bit in relation to the fact that like, I don't know anything about Mike Nichols. Is he 
gay? Is he queer? Is oh, he- you know, I don't know. Um, well, no, I, I think he was married to Diane Sawyer. Well, maybe. Okay, getting that right. But Robin Williams as yeah. Armand uh, was married to a woman. For I, again, I don't know everybody's full, you know, yeah, sure, actual identities, but we know what we know. Nathan Lane, who has has been an out gay yep. person for his his as long as i've known him yeah well i i was i was listening to an interview with him who he was saying that he kind of wished he had a little more bravery well he didn't put it that way that he might have felt different um on oprah because him and robin williams went on oprah after this mm. and she kind of tried to get him to say if he was gay or not and he dodged the question he said that robin williams was actually really protective of him and then started doing a bit to kind of oh wow okay because he you know nathan lane was like this theater actor beforehand and this was his big movie break and i think becoming quite famous and then coming out at the same time seemed maybe like too much and maybe not a good idea so i think he he subsequently come out but he wasn't fully out when this hit and i hope in saying this, the, the, the understanding is that I'm not trying to like out folks who no, are, yeah, yeah. I'm more trying to understand the creatives and the cast as sure. it relates to, to having any authenticity towards right. this, but that, that is really interesting. And I did not know that he was not out I think he, he I think it was like he was out to friends, family, and maybe a lot of coworkers, but he, you know, at the time you had to like, like, like Anderson Cooper, like he never said right. it, and like yeah. you right. know, like yeah. he had to like declare Ellen DeGeneres it, kind of. it, right? Yeah, and then obviously Hank Azaria, mm-hmm. who's played lots of characters in his life. Although maybe you found this fact too, Katie, but mm-hmm. um, Jeff explained to me that he like grew up on this island, or maybe we talked about this before. He grew up on this island outside of Greece, where his like first language or one of his languages was Spanish, and, Ladino, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then. And but and he's Jewish, Greek. Mm. So yeah, it's like Sephardic. It's like a specific, like mm. there was like a Ladino speaking part of Greece, I think is where huh. he's from, which is really interesting. And Ladino is like a mixture kind of of Hebrew and Spanish. Hebrew and Spanish. Like and it's L-A-D. Yeah, like Ladino. Ladino. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. interesting. corner. Yeah. Yeah, I just, in this he's playing a Guatemalan, Guatemalan. Gay, gay man. Um, so none of those things fitting, <laughs> which I guess apparently was going to be played by um, another character. Oh. And now I want to say it was David Allen Greer. Is that who it yeah, was? I believe so. That had the role because in the play, it's like a black character. Um, huh. and, and so, but when they said it in South beach, like it kind of no longer made sense. And they were, kind of uncomfortable with the dynamic like it felt like too antiquated i guess yeah um well that's interesting right so they rewrote it and i think hank azaria was supposed to play the character of like albert's like hairdresser Mm. which he does but then they made him they they combined the two characters yeah interesting okay well at least good good referencing there to, to not like but um yeah so I did t- turn to my couch mate at, at a certain point and I just said like what there weren't any like queer actors that could play these parts but you know to the mm-hmm. point of what we've already been talking about yeah there's the like, time it's the time oh, yeah. and and just perhaps there just and- wasn't 
not not really similarly, but a fun fact is that um, speaking of Steve Martin and Martin Short, like originally right. cast was Steve Martin to play Armand and Robin Williams to play Albert. Mm. And they were going to kind of do their thing mm. like they're like comedy duo and then steve martin couldn't get out of like doing sergeant bilko i think <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah Gotta get um, that bilko money right you know? so then robin williams asked to be switched to the character of armand oh. kind of wanting more of a challenge because you can totally picture it right like it's mm-hmm. you i can see the movie it would have been um and then they got nathan lane um mm-hmm. yeah but it's interesting. I, I really, I actually really love that switch. I like that Robin yeah, William is more works. reserved. Totally. Well, yeah. should we jump sorry, into yeah, it? We can talk it. about all the we'll other wonderful yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we start with this like shot across the ocean and slam into Miami um, and it's open beautiful. up. Yeah, really cool. I feel like, I don't know if it's like Mike Nichols or like Nora Ephron that loved, like all 90s movies started this way with like Just a speed zooming in over the water. You had to zoom um, into your city. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we are immediately like brought to a drag show. Um, yeah, we're, we're immediately thrust into the world of the birdcage, which mm-hmm. is this like thriving, colorful, exciting nightclub that has they sing we are family at the end of every night which um, i think is required for yeah. <laughs> it's 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 frequented by the kennedys um yeah. Yeah. i will say there was like this like awkward little moment where they were like i think clearly trying to like sh- undercover the world of drag queens where they like show that drag queen doing a quick change um yeah and i was like first of all like I, I'm a big RuPaul's Drag Race fan, mm-hmm. and again, I know that has evolved and changed, and and, but that drag queen props not super authentic. I don't think I'm just gonna say that drag queen was not tucked, and I I think uh for the most part that is like a universal thing. Not all the time. I might be speaking way out of my turn, so please experts call in. And then of course they changed into just like the worst like Native American head yes. right, <laughs> yeah. after that where I was like, whoa, whoa, like a this like a bait and switch. I know. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was interesting. I did. Um, and I, I, I have not seen, I'm very ashamed to say I've not seen one episode of RuPaul's Ugh. drag race. So I, my experience with drag is just, you know, going to some shows sure. like, but sure. I'm really, really undereducated on like, you gotta the culture. just get in. I honestly I think drag race first, it was Shit's Creek, you, but then it was drag race it. saved me during this pandemic. Yeah. No, people love it. Um, and we've been invited to watch, to go over to parties and stuff and have not done it yet, but it was reading that, um, I think Mike Nichols sent somebody out to do this like documentary essentially like around different countries of drag shows. Like he Mm. kind of, this person was sent out on a mission to make like this documentary short that then they watched like they basically that, I mean, that's one point of research, right? Sure. But, um, uh, so yeah, I mean, that was what I had read as far as the research they had done, but I, I've like, I can't even see. Well, like, and there's also been like ebbs and flows in the culture of it because like there used to be a world where it would be like, almost like in the world of um, clowning in the theater world mm-hmm. where like people don't see you outside of your clown. Like you come into it clown. So same thing with drag, like you would come into it in drag and then that is, that is who you are and that is what it is. Of course, drag race has unpacked so much of that and you actually get to see people more authentically like because there's there's so much more ease and 
comfort around what, like, it's not like you have to be a woman or you have to be a man. Like they spend a lot of time in between Mm -hmm. and they spend a lot of time. Now there's, there's trans um, women on drag race. And it's like, I just love and appreciate that. Like blur it Mm -hmm. up, you know, like I think we're so consumed by like the masculinity and femininity Mm -hmm. of it instead of just appreciating it. So it's just interesting to see this. And like, this would be what I would, my bummer later, but I just, there should be more drag in this movie. Yeah. That's my, that's my bummer. Yeah. I wonder how much it was in the play. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Um, So we meet... Hank Azaria's character, Agador, Agador, Agador Spartacus, who's <laughs> pretty, pretty entertaining. Um, yeah, what a, what a body on that. Oof, yeah, yeah, I think he was like 30 forget, or something, but he's fit in all his stuff. He is, he um, is. I did not realize he was that fit and very tall and like just, yeah, very fetching. Yeah, and I always assumed that he was playing um Cuban, and then I listened closely and I'm like, oh. I think I assume that as well, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he's very magnetic. I mean, he seems like a very fun person to hang out with. (laughs) Yeah, and and a bit of like, again, leaning into some cliche and things like that. Sure. Um, Oh, totally. Are there people like that? Sure. Are there people not like that? Sure. But yeah, I just feel like, again, like, well, I'm trying to look at it from where it came from. I think also this movie has a lot of like uh, Fisher Price, my first gay movie yeah, of just totally. sort of holding folks hand that's true. and that's my guess of where the sort of changing thing yeah came from is no, like i think so too people need like, to be shown like oh oh that's a man like there's a large maybe, pe- yeah. portion of the audience at that time watching this that <laughs> had no idea that guy um, watching it with your family was like oh oh yeah okay. right huh right, right, right. Oh, okay. your dad's ripped all of his fingernails well, off and i i also think that like what sometimes and again i'm speaking out of turn because i'm not immersed in like drag culture in south beach but like a lot of times it becomes so difficult for movies um rep- that where there's so such underrepresentation that if there's any representation, yeah. it generalizes and it becomes yeah. like, what are you doing now? Everybody thinks this is how we are. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is like situated at like a like group of friends that like own a club in South Beach, right? Like it's like also kind of like heightened sure. in general where you're like, oof. Um, but yeah, anyway. So we get to meet the relationship between Robin Williams, Nathan Lane, Armand, and Albert. And they've they basically had like a bit of a tiff um about, oh yeah. about Armand's act. Or no, Al- no, Albert's act. And because he's upset about this secret white wine that's oh right. That's there. And then like the what white are you wine. doing while I'm doing oh my, my act? You're having an affair with while I'm on stage. Um, and I do love the bit about him being fed. Sprint, sprint, Pirin, Pirin, Pirin tablets. tablets. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Pirin. If it weren't for the Pirin tablets, oh yeah. my god, oh my god, so good. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but then we do get to see Nathan Lane go on as Starina, um, the, the 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 drag queen who also turns into like a, a, a clown a, a at the clown. end. Yeah. Yes, whoa, I'm so clown fascinated in the- that show. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah um, exactly. I was, yeah, the, I was looking at like the rehearsal for the one show in this show. Like, yeah, when did they make that change? When did he put the gap tooth in his mouth? I mean, that's like a lot of makeup. <laughs> yeah. It was really convincing too. Yeah, that entrance alone, I was just like, what? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like this. Oh um, my gosh. Um, 
but you could see they're making it to be like this person is like a charismatic like you would want to come back and that partly is nathan lane i mean nathan lane is a broadway performer like yeah you're comfortable with him he's not he's not pretending to be this person i don't think so yeah and frankly i just really enjoyed all of the like (laughs) the like screaming and the like yeah just that general and, nervousness yeah. and oh, like yeah. I was here for it I enjoyed it I liked the bit yeah um, but we're made to believe that there's some sort of nef- affair happening and then a young handsome Dan Futterman comes in and well, oh yeah 27 but yeah go ahead we have to mention that uh Albert or sorry Armand sneaks up on Agador dressed as Lucy and Ricky at the same time <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> And dancing too. I did like the Miami Sound Machine references in this yeah. movie. Yeah, I liked his dance. I mean, a bummer for me is like I think it's a couple times that his immigration status is like his documentation status is like thrown in his face and almost threatened. And you can tell that it is just like a empty threat punching below the belt among like a group that people yeah. punch down to. So like I understand that dynamic, yeah. but it's also I don't know. And thinking about like what would maybe be written differently today, like probably wouldn't throw that in someone's face sure right so yeah robin williams is sort of prepping this white wine by the way this gorgeous apartment above the club that has a rooftop pool it's just off the veranda i just am in love with all of it yeah i i I had never been to miami but for like a couple years ago i went there for a conference and got to like Mm -hmm. do like a huge tour and do a south beach that's so beautiful it's so cool yeah i did my peace corps staging there Oh, um, ah, lucky. Which, but I mean, I've been to a sushi restaurant that was across from our hotel, <laughs> uh-huh, and I've been yeah. to that hotel. So I didn't, yeah. we didn't see any of it. <laughs> um, I'm like, did I go to that sushi restaurant? Um, but yeah, so in comes Val, and he announces that he's getting married to a girl like that seems I don't know was that the surprise <laughs> it well like that was I think that's out. like played for laughs yeah okay All like right. as if as if he's disappointed that he's not gay I think is kind of a okay. laugh also yeah. they try to trick the audience into I'm, thinking that I'm not it, here for this <laughs> no I that's was what I mean either. he's meant to the, the the whole gimmick is that he's he's a lover showing up right but like, they, they even they play extend it extend that room oh yeah and i mean yeah. even the the they set you up for it with the whole white wine thing that albert's yeah. worried about but like which the then kiss on the cheek and like uh yeah oh it's... hi and like robin williams kind of changes his voice so i mean like the scene is played like this like you yeah. wouldn't it's like i like your haircut like come on like um the director to told them to way? play oh yeah to play it and it was yeah yeah a hundred percent and then it's like wait a minute director like now <laughs> that's in my head yeah. so what are you doing to me like yeah. now yeah i don't know and i don't think it would work if the gender was reversed rather and i don't I think also... it would work from a father to a daughter like i don't think the movie can recover from that <laughs> right or a mother to a son the right. other thing is like it kind of had me feeling like Val was a secret. Yes. Yeah. It, I was really, and you're confused. like, it was wait, weird. but Val's clearly not a secret because he grew up with Albert and well, Armand. And one thing that's a little mushy. And I, I wonder how this is in the play in the other movie where like Albert is definitely seen as a step parent and like, you're not clear how long well, he's been in right. his life for. And it's like, it's sad to me that this big announcement had to be done away from Albert and yeah. Like, you know, like, I don't know it. Right. Because they didn't want Albert to be hysterical, but also like, 
but Albert was like looking at photo albums of yeah of them like, as growing up, and it and you guys can help me understand. Like Christine Baranski, mm-hmm. she they slept together one night twice, yeah. <laughs> and, and then she got, got pregnant, and then she just disappeared. Yeah, right. Like it, <laughs> like she had nine baby. months, I guess, <laughs> and then she can't even remember how long ago. I was like, because it has been twenty years. Like <laughs> right, like when you were full on pregnant. Um, and I, I mean, I think that's the play where it's like this showgirl. I no, I don't want to say that, but it was like it was similar. Where it's like she gets pregnant and then doesn't want to raise. Um, maybe maybe she wants to give up to for adoption, and Armand wants to keep. You know, I don't know. Well, but it's weird. It's like where were they looking at each other for nine months? Like, but but there was a line that he gave her a large amount of money. Oh, for so he bought he bought he bought, he bought his own child. Um, yeah. I oh, think for just custody, but so it's like, it's, it's strange, like, I guess for co- total custody, but it doesn't sound like she wanted it it's, at all. Anyway, it's I don't a know. weird. And mm. I really love her and I love the dance they yeah. do to the, like, I mean, it's great. She's wonderful. And the relationship is wonderful. Like, yeah. I like that. It actually isn't this whole, you never Except talk to like, her intense feelings about his chest hair. Right. No, well, no, I mean, sorry, <laughs> no, their relationship, but also hers and Val's. Like, I like that. It doesn't really go into yeah. what that would really be like, but it's also hard to believe that in 20 years of living, what 20 minutes away, yeah. they, this is the first time you're ever going to call your mother. And like, if you would never have before, does it make sense to really call her? There's, tonight? there's a lot. And again, I, I don't know the other stories, but like, there's a lot of loose premise in this yeah. and a lot of like writing on very yeah. shaky details <laughs> right. it's like well it's all just going to come together um that's why i was well, like i just kind of wish this was a movie about drag queens right well i honestly i will say that i don't think as much as i really like the actors of gene hackman diane weist um dan dan fetterman Clissa flockhart are fine too but yeah. i don't need any of i don't need that storyline like i don't but i mean that's the whole that's the play yeah. and that's the tension. That's what it is. But more so, actually, I would be fine with Diane Weist and um, Gene Hackman. I don't need the kids. <laughs> like, yeah. I, that yeah. It's like meet the like, Fockers, oh. but, uh-huh. but worse. <laughs> or but harder. Val is the worst. I oh, mean, we'll get into it. Oh, multiple yeah. times but, did I write just, oh I God. hate this kid. I hate, Val is an asshole. What's wrong with Val? I know. I, like, I wouldn't want to marry him. I'm like, oh he's yeah, just, awful. he's constant. What he's asking his parents to do it's is terrifying. just awful, and he never like has self doubt about this. I like, know. I'm sorry. He's just like, no, I need you to do this. There's um, one point in the dinner party where I like looked at him and I was like, you're a 20 year old like asshole. Like when he I said like never... you shouldn't be talking about things you don't know about. Like that would be such a deal breaker if my <laughs> daughter was like if I was at if I was Diane Weiss, you know, and I'm at that yeah. meal, I'd be like shut the like we're leaving now. Like, <laughs> yeah, like you're not marrying somebody you can't that talks marry to the parent that way. Right. Right. It's, that's wild. I know. And I, I was reading that in um or rather listening to I'm sure uh the in the movie the French movie the kid who plays Val or whatever his name is is like noticeably 17 years old like he is so young that him treating his parents this way comes off more as like a brat who doesn't know better whereas Mm -hmm. Dan Fetterman is like a grown adult like he shouldn't it comes off as like pretty sure uh appalling um, I might just, I mean, we could, we could keep going chronologically. It sounds like we're, we're also yeah. kind of interested in 
doing this a little more like non chronologically, which is like a, a bit of a difference for our, we can try our it, pod you know. this time. Um, Wet in the birdcage. Yeah. yeah. Stay in the birdcage. Stay That's in that I paradise mean. of weirdos. <laughs> so should that? we just, let's jump over really quick to the, the Keeley right. yeah. people because clearly this is like super right wing Republican yeah. awfulness, by the way. Right. Yeah. Timely. Jeez, yeah, I know that I probably could have cut that out of this movie. I felt a little weird watching it, honestly. It's, yeah. it's hard. It's hard right now. And it's like, yeah, that part know, was hard. And like, as um, the intro were saying, you know, that was a very timely movie at the time, you know, mm-hmm. really things were changing. It's like, uh, and it was like the time capsule. I hope and knock on wood that it stays a time capsule. We don't right. need another remake of this to really get back what's to where upsetting we've been. is that there's progress made on one side of things and just like the exact same on the yeah. keely side of things like terrifyingly the same so much where like people are like you know different people didn't used to be this polarized and it used to be it's like yeah they were <laughs> like yeah they were look at this like here's the yeah. of their movie and maybe i i i assume it's some hyperbole but not really it's it's, oh no it's the for same. gene hackman yeah like who this family is what is important to them and the whole freaking scandal of the other senator who oh god i don't want to repeat yeah. how they were describing that was what rough. happened it was rough and um, i was writing that down of like um <laughs> i'm really worried about that girl like who's re- involved in the scandal i mean what is happening like well then I, they show her later they show her and you're like is she okay like who yeah. is doing this interview um and there i didn't have a lot of thought get no get and i her. had i had that written down of like this might be realistic of how a senator and like somebody would talk about this but like it's also played for laughs i think in this oh, movie yeah. a little bit and that's a real bummer um yeah it was well, because was the next thing is like you know gene hackman crawling through a window like oh god i get away from the paparazzi a little slapsticky around like yeah. you know this is coming for me too um but i mean i i do think like the joke is on him no yeah i, think, yeah, I agree right oh yeah you know it's i mean it, it sort of clangs a little bit um but i mean it's it's showing sort of his very smiling bigotry i would say which yeah yeah. i think the joke is on them the whole time i don't think there's any sort of like oh this is great but uh i mean i don't i don't think it was talked i mean perhaps people would talk that way still today about the woman that was with the senator who died i'm sure behind closed doors being paid for she was a sex worker Mm -hmm. and it's like you know, but God, like, oh, it just felt very, it was jarring in this movie. Cause we're not watching succession. Right. Like it's like, Whoa, like, um, and also I think it's jarring because Gene Hackman is actually a likable character. Like his ideology isn't likable, but at the end you're kind of, he, you know, you're supposed to be charmed by how he's charmed by Nathan Lane. And then you're supposed to be kind of rooting for him to get out of there at the end. I think I was so mad about that the ending yeah Yeah, because i was like not only is this a terrible person who's like upset about his counterpart who did something awful and or or and he died not doing something awful like not hiring a sex worker is awful but the way it was hypocrisy hypocrisy thank you and then like that these guys were expected to save him 
And like, sure, well, he put on a wig and walked out, the, but I'm like, ugh. I think and the movie wants us to think that he's changed somehow, but we all know he hasn't, you know? Yeah. Oh, no. And I don't even think, I mean, he's still a nice man that would be nice to have for dinner. And he's a like horrific fascist <laughs> that's really dangerous you yeah. know like the, yeah both can exactly be, he's dangerous both can be true um he's gonna be so, one of those people that's like sorry katie i was just gonna say he's, he's one of those people that's like well you're okay sure sure okay. right right but oh, everybody totally. else is not okay. don't worry yeah. we won't prosecute you you right. yeah exactly and the other um, question i had so this movie is rated r mm-hmm. but like mm. didn't really need to be yeah, you know, well, if it you has think the, about it, it has the F word. Like, um, sure, but it's like every studio doesn't want to make an art movie; they want to make interesting. it interesting. And so it's like, I wonder if, like, at the time, FCC was like, "We're rating this R, could no be matter what." Yeah, um, I mean, frankly, they maybe saved some walkouts or some outrage with thirteen-year-olds, right? I, I think you're right, which is. um homophobic i think mm-hmm. it can compare it to like what most like movies about a couple according and a to the be. mpaa the profane language was the sole reason for the r rating um but there wasn't that much of it i know, you know? there's a, there's there's controversy around there's a lot it. of sexual language i suppose and like a lot of no, but you can you could in a Dick pg statues. movie as we've seen no i know but is that what they mean like i'm trying to remember i don't think the f word maybe shit is used a lot but I can think you say that one F word. You can say like one, st- I think. Yeah. I will say, I mean, speaking of the F word, I know that um, Nathan Lane being pretty much the only like gay actor in the movie. Oh, this is saying that there's some sexual innuendo, scantily clad men and women in bikinis, thongs with buttocks showing mm-hmm. G strings, usually seen in crowd scenes in South Beach. Maybe it's cheeks did it. Yeah. Well, so Nathan Lane opposed the F word being used, um, like the three three letter F word, and Mike Nichols really wanted to keep it in there because it's like a punchline a lot um, to Alexander the Great, you know, being the military and stuff. And it was interesting to hear Nathan Lane talk about like how he could tell that Mike Nichols and the woman writer producer just like didn't get it like just didn't Mm. didn't get how that feels and he had him do like one take with it and he just of course used that take i guess um yeah always the case just do do it once once. yeah exactly exactly um but yeah so there's then there's this whole longest montage of the movie where they decide they're gonna like boat nathan lane robin williams are gonna become less gay so that they can Mm -hmm. you know win over the parents who are coming over and it involves making over the gorgeous apartment into like a monastery (laughs) um and wouldn't you think you would just rent a place i know but your apartment is in south beach above a nightclub with drag queens like (laughs) who are you fooling decorating wasn't the the biggest thing you know yeah and and i just i don't know i just Again, I appreciate Robin Williams so much and and Nathan Nathan Lane. And I tried to look at it with a different lens, but just all the like, you know, trying to wash out the affectations, even Mm -hmm. though they are people who are supposedly in that, 
group. It's just, I don't know. It just doesn't land quite right for me. Like how many times were they going to talk about his pinky being up? Uh-huh. I'm just like, is that a, is that the thing? Is that a thing? Is it still a thing? Uh, was that a big thing? The <laughs> like pinky being up? I thought that was more like you're drinking tea with the queen. Like your aristoc- like aristocracy. Yeah. Maybe. I think it's probably more feminine than masculine. Yeah. And just gen- general fanciness. Unless you're like Fancy. Napoleon or like the I king guess of maybe, England. Maybe it's the intersection of like, like gay men and like, yeah, like the arts, like the aristocracy, like mm-hmm. art, art appraisers or something. You know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> st- that stereotype of a particular yeah. subset. Um, I will say I really actually liked I really liked the montage of them playing straight. Yeah. I the pinky, I will agree. Like some of it got kind of old, but I just really loved their chemistry. And I mean, my like one of my hummers for this movie is when he Robin Williams is like teaching him, like he's like against the tree. And Nathan Lane is just he, I could watch his face like oh, all yeah. day. I just think he's fantastic. He's a cartoon, like in the best yep. way. Um, and where he's like talking about the dolphins, it's like, how do you feel? It's like, how do you think I feel? <laughs> Bewildered, betrayed. betrayed. Yeah. And then Robin, he's like, is that right? And Robin Williams is like, I don't know, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> which is so good. I mean, I loved that. Yeah, like, I love, I, I think did because love that part. Val adds, and I will like, oh my gosh, hate on Val the whole movie, but like Val adds this, like from Val, it seems to be coming from a place of shame and from Robin Williams and his, mm-hmm. it's coming from a place of like, the fact is I read as more masculine and you read as more feminine and like, let's try to figure this out together. But ultimately neither of us know what we're doing. Right. Really. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I liked, I liked that. Yeah, and I like that joke too a lot. And I think it punches up um, more so than Mm -hmm. some of the other things, right? Because it's about them being funny and it's about them being sensitive and it's about them being smart versus these sort of like, oh, you, you walk different, you know, you don't walk like John Wayne, but I was talking to, to Jeff about that. And actually like a lot of people say that like John Wayne, he was saying like, actually has kind of like feminine posing and posturing to his movement movements. Um, and I guess that was Robin Williams's line, right? Like, yeah, really funny as well. That was perfect. I just never realized John Wayne walked like that. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And so like, you know, that that's kind of funny that that's the person they're looking towards. Um, and he said something to me, I don't remember who said it, but that like, usually like in a man, the, their feminine quality, feminine quality could make them very attractive. And in a woman, a more masculine quality could make them more attractive. Mm, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. And of course, then there's like, you know, the, all of the world in between. Um, so yeah, then they, you know, they get, we already talked about Christine, Baranski Baranski. And how she's she's coming in. Well, she works in like a what a uh, she owns a, a fitness club. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. I didn't catch that. Also, okay. did you catch what her secretary was reading? No, no I did not. Nietzsche. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I think it was just sort of a throwaway gag. Um, but yeah. That's funny. Um, so they, you know, there's Albert and Christine Baranski are, you know, Albert walks in and sees them canoodling sort of, but she's more just like interested in his chest hair. Was she though? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't get the sense that she, I think she was just like really charmed. I didn't get the sense that it was like, I did not think it was sexual. Oh, okay. I didn't. I just thought she was like, Oh, you're, I didn't think he was going to go for that. No, but... he wasn't. But <sighs> 
I don't know. I felt yeah. like some sort of vibe coming off of her. Oh, interesting. It was sort of like a reminiscing, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, she did reveal that she had like broken in basically to his apartment and waited in his bed. And then oh. he was like, he was like, oh, okay, I'll give this a try. That's what yeah. he said. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And they establish her as in between husbands. Right. So right. I right. think just kind of, she's probably just, I think they yeah. try to establish her as just down for a good time, I suppose. <laughs> but this upsets Albert. So he sort of runs off and then he gets chased by, by Robin Williams, but they, they meet up in front of the cruise terminal. <laughs> this is a cruise ship that just keeps going by with the Which, palimony agreement. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yes, that, that well, that's real? what they called it. I've is no that idea. real? Like alimony, okay. like repels, like a palimony. That's what I thought. I assume I this is just what like gay couples had to do back in the day. I think that's true. I just don't know if it's actually called a palimony, but yeah, I think yeah. this right. is a nod to, you know, gay marriage isn't legal. Like there's yeah. not, like, right. they can't get married. So this is like the biggest thing. I mean, frankly, it's the biggest thing you can do anyway. Like, right. Yeah. Like give somebody your finances, but that's, you know, that's, there's yeah. no like ceremony to be had, I suppose. Yeah. So that sort of affirms them together. And then there is this scene that I did, I did find kind of interesting where like they're all in their suits getting ready for the dinner. And Nathan Lane has on pink socks, which again, yeah. it's like by today's standards, it's like, yeah, everybody. everybody I, oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I do remember this scene really being really saddened by this scene as a kid, mm. actually of one. Um, I think him having to be so forced out of his like yeah. skin. Like he's so, I mean, Nathan Lee's also a fantastic actor. So you're like, this looks like a person yeah, who he sells it. Yeah. In a oh, photograph yeah. works, but in a video doesn't yeah. because you can just tell that he is out of just so uncomfortable, yes. um, which he sells, which it is. There is this like interesting heaviness to this mm-hmm. movie. I will say like, they don't, they don't really, uh, I don't know the shaming that Albert gets in this family. I don't think the movie knows how tragic that is, but mm-hmm. they like know it's tragic. They just don't know how much I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then they're trying to like get, what is, what is, what is Hank Azaria's name? Agador. Agador, Agador ready. Oh my god! <laughs> like again, Val being mean is like he telling is such him an ass to like to wear, and he's like, "You have to put shoes." on. <laughs> he says he can't because it makes him fall down, which is just <laughs> the funniest. That is very funny to me. I'm just like, yeah, I just can't. I don't wear shoes, and they make me fall down. <laughs> like, and, what yeah, a life it, to just be barefoot all the time. Him yeah, walking, totally. yeah. if only uh, him walking is so funny. And then, oh my god, so his slip is wild. Like all, like what eight foot four inches. <laughs> Of yeah. him like slams on it's just so crazy. Um, oh, I didn't realize how much time that like the other family spent in the car. And then there's like this whole plot of like the National Enquirer chasing yeah, them really with like the oh, kid yeah. that I thought was placed Stillwell Angel. You and- know who that is though. No, he's from Heavyweights, right? Yeah, he's yeah. from Heavyweights. I kind of got him mixed up with Eric Stone, Stone Street, who plays Cam on Modern sure. Family. I was kind of, I knew uh, it was see that similar look. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, That's why I thought he was still well angel. I mean, they all, you know what I'm talking they about? All, yeah, totally. When he grows up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but he was in, similar I think he's in build. Teen Wolf. Yeah. Oh, That's right. where he's Stillwell, from. Stillwell Angel is, and like Pee Wee's Big Adventure, but um. 
Okay. So I, I, none it's of them funny are because smoking jacket. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's a lot of almost. There's a lot of edging. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, smoking jacket edging. <laughs> Is that crazy? Is this podcast not ours? <laughs> anyway, it is. it is. I never know what's appropriate. <laughs> well, uh, according to the MPAA, then you just made our podcast R, and also oh, your butt cheeks hanging out. Man. Well, great. Oh, man. But it's a nice um, song. Thank you. Sorry, I didn't mean to get into outfits. Going into outfits. Oh, my God. I thought we were going to do the Bridget. whole thing out of order. She's going um, to do an out, uh, yeah. outfit costume change, you know. Yeah, so. I know. I know. Well, speaking of almost smoking jackets, his friend, the National Enquirer's friend, is also like, um, was in, I think, Dante's Peak, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, what I mean, did he do just, in Dante's Peak? He played the he's same the side, thing. Side the, side kick, the meteorology scientist. snarky sidekick. He's always holding some large piece of equipment <laughs> for other people. Wouldn't you yeah. say? Isn't he? Congo. Uh, he's in what Congo. a career. Oh, right. Where is this person and what are they doing? Well, he, him and George Clooney collaborate a lot. Like he's a producer. Grant. Wow. Is his name? Really? Oh, yeah. He's like big time. But he in acting, I feel like he plays this role. Yeah, he was in that one Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Oh, True Lies. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Welcome to IMDb Corner. (laughs) (laughs) I know. But yeah, there's this whole through line of like the press following down there. It's like them and the real press. And that's, yeah, that is a storyline. That storyline I I could deal with if I didn't have to deal with Val and Calissa Flockhart. Yeah. Like I'd actually rather spend more time with the journalists than Val and Calista Flockhart. Do you guys just care at all about Val and Calista Flockhart? No, no, no. And it's a terrible idea. Like Robin Williams. I mean, I like this whole. Or the wedding will probably it's fine. doomed. But the, oh, yeah, the, marriage the marriage is doomed. The marriage is doomed. It's wild. Um, and Robin Williams, I mean, I like the bit of like trying to act like a jerk parent and he's a parent, he's, you know, just accepting and loving. Like I understand that like through yeah. line, yeah. but also you should tell him he shouldn't get married. <laughs> like you should probably maybe like talk to him. This is a terrible idea. Totally. And I can't imagine the senators into it. Like 18. Well, only into it because it's going to uh, deflect right. awful people. Right. What a good reason to get your child married. I mean, do you remember when like, you know, Diane Feinstein's kid got married? Like, I don't I don't know how much this would divert. Like, Is that a big story? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe just maybe to like if you have just uh, like right wingers who are like, I might be upset about this. Oh, but a wedding. I guess I'm not upset about that. I mean, Diane Weiss sells it, so. Yeah, yeah, she can sell anything. She's she Diane Weiss. Yeah. Uh, on Apparently the wings Brad of Pitt's Weiss. favorite actor. On oh. the wings of Weiss. So they start the dinner party and um, the mom, you know, is supposed to come, but she keeps getting stuck in traffic mm-hmm. and she leaves a voicemail and Val doesn't answer the phone, which I don't understand. Why doesn't he just pick up the phone? Well, I think he's worried which can happen is you pick up the phone, but the, the answering machine still blares. Oh, um, got it. that was the technology of the day. <laughs> Although she a- had a quite an advanced cell phone in her car. She had, like, yeah, the but then we phone. get the line like, and it was from her car phone, so we can't call her back. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> it's like a pay phone. Like yeah. Uh, <laughs> that she's just thrown I in her truck. That line. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we can't funny. call her back. It only calls out. Um, and it probably costs $500. To oh, make my that God. Phone call. Yeah. $500. That's what she my father would have to believe. She can afford it with her fitness anyway. empire. 
Yeah, that's true. So she's on her way. And then in the meantime, um, yeah, I mean, this is and the movie is like a play, like so much of it is yeah. like a play. So much of the just plot twists and was characters. Nathan Lane getting dressed as the mother the whole time that he was or, in the bat? The, yeah, I don't know. Good question. Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. know what the plan, how long he had the plan for. Right. But then, I mean, I would be concerned. Like, if Val is such a concerned person, I would be concerned if Nathan Lane was, like, locked in the bathroom during that dinner party. Like, you know he's going to come out. Although, yeah, I guess no. he does have the line, like, he wouldn't embarrass me. Like, he doesn't want to hurt me, which is true. Like, he probably wouldn't do anything to, like, sabotage right. his love. Um, but, yeah. But but he does come out in drag. Um, and, of course, like immediately like gene hackman is like oh you're a great woman oh yeah <laughs> loves her wife. loves her so much so that diane weiss is like questioning their marriage i know yeah. i'm like oh my well, god albert has like amazing sort of barbara bush hair oh and... yeah albert is like eleanor roosevelt first lady <laughs> <laughs> which i was also speaking of the bushes i was amazed at like the mm-hmm. jeb bush reference yeah. that early like i didn't know well, he was on the scene for well, people I to think... get it Go- i don't know well he was the governor of Florida. Yeah. Maybe that early? At the okay. Time. I don't know if it was that early, but it, it was also like, was he seen more as the candidate to look out for? Probably. Then Yeah, George? I guess if I guess if you were a real W I mean not not W, the other one, then you HW. Yeah, then you might have been like, oh, okay. Then, you know, I'm gonna so let's see. He was the governor of Florida. From 99 to 2007. Oh, that's a long time. Yeah, he was a long time. He was during the, this governor. film. He was the Secretary of Commerce of Florida. Mm. Well, sure, that's important. Jeez. Yeah, so I guess like he's on the radar. Yeah, um, but I was a little surprised too. And I was like, maybe it's because like George <clears throat> isn't president yet. Yeah. Also, if you want to steal Jeb Bush's signature, it's on Wikipedia, y'all. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> go, go steal his signature. Uh, Jeb. Uh, I thought that was his dinner, name. Sorry. No, it's John Ellis, I believe. John Ellis Bush. Oh, Jeb. I've mentioned this before, perhaps on this podcast, or maybe I didn't, but I did go to elementary school with, with um, Jeb, a kid named Jay Walker, whose name already <laughs> is Twist. Like, but he, he was like a third cousin of the Bushes. Oh. And like, this was, you know, like Herbert Walker Bush. And this was like, you know, hot news because he was the president. So it was just oh, sure. like, are you hanging out with the Prez? Or like, oh, that's cool. What? Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Back yeah. to this dinner party. Um, Where everyone's getting sloshed. Yeah. Like the amount of, I guess, scotch that Gene Hackman drinks uh, would put anyone on the floor. Yeah. I do love the I could have danced all night scene. <laughs> it's so well, I love this scene too. I'm so sorry. I just got so excited. What were you gonna no, say? No, yeah. Too? No, no, just I really like that it reminded me Hank Azaria reminds me of Roger Rabbit, where he's just like can't help himself but bust <laughs> through the door and yeah. like sing the end of it. And I'm like, is Diane Weiss playing the piano or Robin Williams play the piano? Or did they somehow like do know how to do a duet here? But anyway. I really like this scene a lot too, because I think it was like a uh, a meta scene about just how the world treats things like, like you, you have a lot of like right wingers, Republicans who are like, will come to Broadway or like no show mm-hmm. tunes or in that world. But meanwhile, 
like the theater world is like the gayest Right. <laughs> most wonderful place to be and it's again this sort of like oh yeah of course i like my fair lady that's that is americana of course it's like not americana but it's like you know to say things like that and then be like oh yeah and i'm also like this i think it was like a really interesting commentary that they're all like belting show tunes and they have that all in common but then there's like you know all this other stuff kind of yeah it's interesting yeah, yeah. Um, we also get like the Hank Azaria is supposed to be cooking, but he only made soup <laughs> with like eggs in it Sweet or and something. Sweet and sour peasant soup. And then he says something uh, like, why do you think I put so much in it? Like, of course it's the only thing. I put so much in the soup. It's so good. And he serves it on like naked man bowls. Oh, the, the Greek bowls, yeah. Of yeah. Men, boys and men playing leapfrog. This, yeah. I have to give a shot. This reminded me so much of being at my parents' house, like, growing up. Um, Phil, I don't know if you've ever seen, my mother has this giraffe mug that I always remember. I mean, I it's, like, funny. It's almost like online dating somebody where it's, like, you knew the person you thought they were. You oh. have that person, and yeah. you know the afterwards. Like, I know what I thought this mug looked like, and now <laughs> I, I know what it does look like, but I just thought it was, like, a like a very cool ink sketch of these like blue, um, you know, sketched uh, giraffes in the, like around the mug. And we had a coffee shop at my, um, like, you know, coffee house open mic in my high school. And I asked my mother if I could take that mug. And she's like, look closer at that mug. And I looked closer and it is just a cartoon um, giraffe orgy in every way, in every direction. (laughs) Necks are twisted. It's, it's, sucking it's it's everything that's <laughs> happening and i'm like you drink out of that every day <laughs> every day of my life she's been drinking out of this mug I like, and I, like it. didn't yeah, yeah it's amazing i like that story so that's what it reminded me of, of like you look close yeah, but as a kid you were like oh this is nostalgic it's my mom oh. it's morning coffee oh it's- my god totally oh my god I, that's great um yeah so what else do we need to talk about they, they talk a lot in this dinner party scene. yeah yeah, yeah um yeah. i don't quite like is there any highlights that you guys want to share because i i i the only thing i wrote down was like christine baranski misses the note that was left for her downstairs um that right. says don't come up and of course she comes up and then it's like a who what what who a wedding's off <laughs> yeah you know. right um, exactly very much like a play um, and it ends really quickly in that sort of like wedding's off but what if we just get you out of here and then we can still have the wedding well, and then they so, do that. Yeah. And this is how it so reminded me of like a play that was like running out of time. Cause it like, yeah. we have, we are building up to this tension. Oh, yeah. Will they, won't they, are they going to get married? Is this going to, are you going to pull this off? And then they don't pull it off. And in the next second, we get the next problem, which is he's got to get out of here. Right. And then everybody is on the same team. Like there's no tension here. Now it's Okay. Yeah. All of it, forget the tension that we've building the whole movie. Now it's this whole other problem, which is, it's interesting. Yeah. And again, I wasn't, I just wasn't a big fan of it. I, I was like, great. The drag queens are back. But then I was like, oh, now we have to, I mean, Gene Hackman made a beautiful drag queen. Yep. Yeah. Um, they all, they all, they all did. Pulled it off. Um, Calista Flockhart is kind of dressed more like a we- fairy. I was, yeah. I was weirdly annoyed with how much fun she was having with it <laughs> while not fitting in. I was angry at her. See, it's like, I, know, uh, I, know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, and I'm just kind of like, again, and, and this happens a lot in different, but it's like this, they, they, they had to be saved by them and there's no, there's no 
I hope there is, but there's no like change of heart. There's no greater understanding sure. of the world. There's no like anything. The only thing I think would come of it is be able to be like, well, you're okay as gay people, but everybody else, I'm like, we're still calling vice. I mean, still, yeah, it's not a fantasy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> Meaning in some ways it's so realistic. Like that's exactly yeah, that's, that's what true. would I happen. I see what totally, but cinematically, but like, it's not very satisfying. We're supposed to be like on rooting for Gene Hackman to get right? out. Yeah, I'm just not because I'm annoyed. And I, don't I like think it. that's the part of this movie that's a little conflicting when you're like, wait a minute, how am I supposed yeah. to feel about this couple? Yeah, you know, which is interesting. Well, I- once again, I think the movie wants us to think that he's changed this experience. We know he hasn't in mm-hmm. reality. Um, yeah. It's know. actually, I think we've talked about this before on the podcast, but um, Happiest Season that came out like a couple years ago. It was like a, yeah, a, Christmas, a Christmas movie Christmas with movie. Kristen Stewart. Had the similar critique. It was Mary Steenburgen, mm-hmm. actually, mm-hmm. right? And Victor, the Titanic guy. Mm-hmm. Um, where they had the same critique of like, why do we want anything good to happen to this couple? Like you've situated them in a really dangerous, like to inflict pain on people. Um, So yeah, I think, I think that's like a, yeah, a problem in this movie too, or Mm -hmm. just a challenge. And I do wonder like how it reads in France, like when it was written, you know, Mm -hmm. like what, is there a way to have the two truths happen? I'm Mm -hmm. not sure. Yeah. And like, does Val become a better person? Does he just like, do they get, do they get married? Well, at the end they do. Yeah. Oh, we, did you we watch see it? Right. I was cooking, so I might have missed that part. So was I it mean, during you, the credits, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. they roll the credits, but they roll. It's a scene with sound because it kind of ends on Albert screaming. <laughs> now, did I catch this correctly? I, there's there may be a real hero of this movie, which is they're coming out of the club, and I think a camera person knows that it's them, right? And is like, you know what? No. I'm not going to oh. take their picture. <sighs> right. Did you see that? And is, yeah. he, is that uh-huh. person the I real hero it, of this? Whole I read movie? it completely <laughs> differently. Oh, what? I read it as like, that looks exactly yeah. like so-and-so. No, Can't it couldn't be. possibly be. I think that might be what it is. He's no like, hero. Yeah. Wait, who's so-and-so? Like the senator. It's like the that senator. drag he's like, queen that looks, looks like, like the, the senator. senator. But he's like, a drag nah. queen. Can't be. And then he goes back to like, trying to find a senator so because soon after that they make the point of like he asks to be picked up and he's like not on your life like they make it pretty clear that he's like unrecognized like you actually don't know who yeah. he is i'm with phil i thought that oh, the guy interesting. was interesting but i, I, I thought I he like recognized him and then was like you know what i'm happy for them i'm gonna not <laughs> well, film this today no. well then i was like two of like fire exits there's got to be a back entrance to this place like why actually parade past the cameras because like of course you're gonna have rewind i mean somebody's gonna find it well if you're so worried about it he's already been burned on this remember he went down a ladder thinking he was safe and then there was tons of cameras sure. so he's not going down that road again and it's and not I like do... cell phones so there's like only one angle <laughs> they're all getting i yeah, will also true. say that a person who's definitely not the hero of this is that uh chauffeur who's giving out yeah. like yeah tips to like for a little bit of cash and then yeah yeah mm. no thanks no thanks. no thanks julie newmar i love although i did love <laughs> how they turned up um one i like that joke no thanks for anything 
um but uh i love how like they rewind like the press conference they're like wait zoom in on the back and turn up the sound and it's like where are they going south beach i'm like okay south beach (laughs) enhance 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 to be perfect yeah it's amazing there was also one super enhanced sound moment too when they're in the cafe and and robin williams is like water's all around and this waiter's like right away it like came in like so much louder and clearer in my tv than any other line in the whole movie he was like right away sir like it's like you sell that line you sell that line about water yeah extra a big break and that's the movie katie makes that noise at the end of her movies but she also took a big drink right before like right as phil was saying that's the movie and i thought you were just gonna like I didn't, yeah, totally. Her screen is covered yeah. in water. Uh, yeah. Any other questions from the question corner? I didn't have any. Annie I asked d- me a question as we were watching this movie, but she always asks questions where like she could Google it immediately. <laughs> which was, did she this wants movie to go happen? right to the experts? Okay. I know. Yeah, exactly. So she asked me if it happened before or after um, the death of Gianni Gianni Versace. Um, because that whole story in his life is situated so much in South beach and stuff. Mm, okay. Um, so just wondering, like it, so it happened, the movie was before, I guess. Got it. And so you wonder like if, if that would have been talked about, I mean, you know, like that feels like it would have been really present in this yeah. community, but maybe not. Um, mm. but anyway, that was her question, but we answered mm. it. How about Hummers? Hummers and Hummers. <laughs> Lots of Did you ummers. sing Dumbers second? I think. Ummers, bombers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was a twist. It was a, yeah. a fake Tonight's out. It's all about twists, you guys. No, I like it. Um, well, um, so why don't we start with Dumbers then? <laughs> right. I have a Dumber. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's just a little Dumber for me, but at the, the workout, you know, place mm-hmm. with Christine Baranski, mm-hmm. the two Robin Williams and Nathan Lane come in and then the secretary, he's like, I'm Albert such and such. And she's, or what is his name? I keep calling him Albert. Armand. I'm Armand. And yeah. she's like, oh, right this way. You can enter right away. And yeah. he, and he says to Albert, like, wait here. But then when Albert bursts into the room, the secretary is like, I, I told him not to. And it's like, no, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't have to wait out yeah, there. Right. To I didn't. You. Yeah, totally. Like what? You don't. Have, you're not involved in this at all. Go back and read your philosophy she, book. She's reading Nietzsche. You know, yeah. her brain is all mixed. I up. was like, he could. It was clear that like yeah. he could have just walked in there moments ago, but then <laughs> you had your chance. <laughs> you had like a chance, and then he had to sit there for a second, and then it was like, can't you can't go in there now? Yeah, so. it's interesting. The exclusion of Albert is like kind of unreasonable yeah. in a lot of ways. And I think because Nathan Lane plays it like delicately, like he's yeah. over the top. And so it's like, okay, like he reacts to everything, yeah. but also he plays it sad. So mm-hmm. it's like, God, just let him in there. You asshole. Like yeah. you guys are a couple and you know, he's threatened by it. So what are you yeah. doing? Yeah, for but sure. Yeah. Um, my dumber, and it's kind of again, like I tried to kind of watch this movie through, like like Edwin was saying in the beginning, and you reiterated, Bridget, like the time capsule that it is, and the fact that it's a play. So I'm not, I I realize that like pulling this thread pulls everything, but it's like uh, we didn't mention, I don't think, how their last name is Goldman, but 
they've changed it to Coleman for like the night. And like, I think the whole idea that you could meet somebody and present an entire lie, like of what this person's last name is, who, where they're right. from, who their parents are. And like, somehow that's a one night thing. It was so, <laughs> I never really got it. It's like, yeah, but you have to do the wedding. So when you're writing wedding invitations to this whole side of the family, are you going to write Coleman? You know, like, it's just such an unsustainable lie beyond the dinner um, right. that it didn't make sense. So yeah, that's my dumber. But again, that's a play. So I get it. Yeah, they need the contrivance. Um, mine is going to be something we've talked about ad nauseum, and it's going to be freaking Val. Um, <laughs> you know, just how he asked for this huge favor from his yeah. parents and never says, sorry, I'm having to ask you for this. Um, and yeah, he just, he's a little dumb, dumb. And I mean, he, he's 20, I guess, but he's got dumb for brains. Yeah. And if he's so dumb, he shouldn't be taking a partner for life. Well, he's found another dumb, dumb <laughs> and just a they are little 32 year old, 18 Sprite. Uh, yeah. Art. I've got nothing against her. It's her character in this. Um, I don't. Ne- I never watched Ellen McBeal. Okay, you never saw the dancing baby. I mean, I saw that. I, I think I had like a a gif of it on my computer. Uh, Terrifying. Everybody it's liked dancing baby. Oof. Oh, uh, so bummers. I guess we'll end on a, a high note. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like, okay. I'm. I think because you talked about. Val with your dumber. I mean, <laughs> I have bummer written next to Val anytime I write his name. Sure. I think basically and I cheated a little bit on that one. So no, no, you're yeah. good. You're good. You kind of said it. He's just... truly a, a yeah, bummer the sh- rather than the dumber. Shame, I... The way that he treats <laughs> Hank Hazaria and I mean everybody, everybody, and the and the people that are helping them move the house. Like he's like, don't add, just subtract. It's like, how about shut up? <laughs> like these, your father's like. That Friends and employees are here know. just like spending their whole day doing this ridiculous task anyway. Um, so uh, I'm going to cheat. So anyway, we've talked about that. I, I will go with the specific bummer of um, uh, Albert's dance partner during the rehearsal. The the guy <laughs> just how Chewing much. Gum. Yeah, I think I, I mean, it's a lighthearted bummer, but like he's phoning it in so much. And I'm kind of bummed for Albert because I feel like Albert is like catching hell a little bit because he's being um like very like uptight and like diva like but it's like yeah but this guy's chewing gum and not moving his body during the rehearsal so anyway i'm gonna go with with that i think uh, my bummer is gonna be just the fact that this movie is based on making things less gay Mm -hmm. and i want to see this movie remade where a couple is worried because they're not immersed in gay culture enough i like it <laughs> yeah they have to like learn and become because the world has been catered for so long towards like not upsetting people who have these extremely mm-hmm. polarized views that are so antiquated and awful um and you know and then like just like six people or whatever get to make decisions for the rest of the world you know yeah. anywho yeah bums me out and so I, I get, I, I know that that's what the movie is about, but I hate it. I hate that part of that. Mm-hmm. Mine will be related to that. And uh, it's just the, it bums me out that there's 
a need to have a remake of this movie, you know, because it needs to be timely again. Um, once again, I, I hope that's not the case. And I don't know that certain other uh, precedents don't get overruled, but right. we'll, we'll see. So Supreme Court, you're bumming me out. Yeah. Uh, Hummers. Yeah, let's turn this ship around. <laughs> I have a very little weird specific Hummer, which is just that woman in the cafe um, who's like <laughs> sitting at the table, like having a, like a little solo lunch. Oh. Like, do you know what I'm talking about? She's sitting there and she's yeah. like watching them walk back and forth and she has these giant glasses on. And I'm like, why is she the extra in this scene? Is she somebody famous that I'm supposed to know? Why is she right. alone? Yeah. She's stuck in your brain, though. She's so. stuck in my brain. She's living there rent free. She's throwing parties. I'm enjoying it. Um, so she's my Hummer. Um, mine, I mean, it truly is Agador. Um, but we've talked about him a bunch. So I'm going to choose something different. It is... Um, the scene where they're at sort of the, the ferry stop with a background and there's like that uh, container ship that's going behind mm -hmm. them. And it's just amazing that they got the timing on that. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause it's, it's sounded. And I was like, is that a green screen at first? Yeah. And it, it's not, they, they timed it properly to get that, that ship going by as they have this like full on scene. There was a couple other like cinematography things like in the, beginning there was almost like a sort of goodfellas-esque one-shotter where they're going through the club it wasn't that long but it was still like a minute um as they're sort of moving through this club and in the yeah the the, uh, the drag show it was like wow they're sort of trying for some different stuff and so it was cool to see that yeah i think the cinematographer for this movie is has done some like other really like kind of fun like he did sleepy hollow and Lemony Snicket and some other things, Birdman that has like these okay. like the that long makes a shots. Lot of sense. Yeah, these long okay. shots. Yeah, these sort of like he also he also did reality bites. Oh um, yeah, okay, interesting. I could see that. And so yeah, I think that there's definitely some cool cinematography stuff happening. I thought that shot was just gorgeous with like yeah. the frame of that bus stop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of want to know what Edwin was talking about in the beginning of like, oh, they wouldn't be going this way, that way. You know, like to watch this and know Miami must have been yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, well, we talked about so much of my Hummer, like the different like one-liners and things, like things that I definitely like laughed out loud in in this movie. So I feel like uh, how to articulate my Hummer where I feel like it's a little bit of the inverse of your bummer, Bridget, but I don't think that, I think they're not mutually exclusive at all. Um, where I think the flip side of that is like, I think I'm hummed up that this movie was in like in 1996. I think this movie is the movie that you want today. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that's mm -hmm. what it felt like mm -hmm. in 1996. And I guess like part of me is just like hummed up that like, I don't know. I hope that no matter what, we have art like this, that mm -hmm. like the fact that gay characters can be the good guys, the heroes, the funny ones, the person, the people that you're like mm -hmm. rooting for yeah um it was a hummer for me like because i was like no, i was not sure how i was gonna feel what like i wasn't sure how this was gonna hold up at all and so um the fact that that was the core of it of like okay we know who we're rooting for yeah <laughs> and maybe the movie didn't know how much we'd root against bell <laughs> that might be a swing and a miss but anyway maybe they did the though thing. i don't know they could have they could have but it, and that might have been a casting issue like an age thing um 
but uh yeah that's my general hummer i i think and i might again be speaking out of turn and i hope our listeners will tell me i just i think there might be something interesting to somebody like robin williams who was so respected in his career you know and people watched him and they loved mork and mindy and all of that and then to play a a queer character and to be like oh well that's in you know Robin Williams is doing that. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. But also the fact that like, you know, as, as it always happens representation that that person then quote unquote, like takes that character off. Right, right, right. And they yeah. don't, you know, they don't have to have that. They don't get to enjoy that lived experience. And they also don't have to struggle with that lived right, experience. Right, right. And so, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of it in the context of the early nineties or the mid nineties versus today yeah. but um i don't know if i have an answer i just put i just want to postulate that mm-hmm. yeah 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 i think that's what people talk about a lot is like where before before like group uh people of a minority group get on film it's like the first step is people playing representing right. because yeah. like you can't it like it will not get made otherwise it just like it's right. kind of like zero it's this or nothing right like robin um, williams probably got that movie made right so do, do we need to celebrate blackface now no, just kidding that would be the one that that does not was not a good stepping stone none right, of it's right, a good right, stepping right. stone but right, right, no right. no no but i mean i i get what you're saying that yeah. like some of it's necessary to pull people along uh it's unfortunate that you have to have well, it I've heard, I mean, again, and I'm not an expert on the subject at all, but I've heard people talk about like Hillary Swank's um, role in Boys Don't Cry that way of like, this wouldn't have gotten made without like a cis actress playing this role, Mm -hmm. I guess. Like Mm -hmm. there was just, there was no way that it Mm -hmm. would have gotten Mm -hmm. this. And, and then you look at how important that was for some people, but then you're like, but it's Mm -hmm. an imperfect way to portray it. So Mm -hmm. anyway. Well, and there's a lot to unpack. I mean, we could talk about this all day, but there's a lot to unpack in, in the telling and the representation of trans stories in general. If, if, a if a character, if it's, is, is experiencing, um, any part of transition mm-hmm. or if they're, you know, and right. like, how does that work? And does, you know, I don't know. I think it's fascinating. And I just hope there's a lot more representation, yeah, totally. a lot more stories being told and, a lot more trans directors and creatives and folks putting stories mm-hmm. into the world so that, you know, other people can help understand um, those stories. I did hear in Nathan Lane's interview that during COVID, he was um, not super busy and listened to a podcast whose theme was like they pitched sequels to movies and he looked up like that they were doing the birdcage and he's like, okay. Uh, and the pitch, somebody had pitched that um, it should be Albert. Armand is not, I guess he's passed away and Albert and Agador go to like Agador's home in Guatemala or something. And like, just, I don't know what, what about, cause he was like, it was whole, it was like amazing and fleshed out. And I guess he like took it to MGM. Like, like it was, he wanted to get it made. And wow. like, I guess in the story, like he was saying that Hank Azaria was like, I can't play that character again. Like yeah, I sure. can't, I can't do that, but like you can, but you know, um, but anyway, but I was like, well, maybe he could get like Julio Torres to be like, I don't know. There's gotta be um, someone. No, it should be his son or like his Yeah, exactly. Like Agador's son. His brother. Right. Yeah, <laughs> his... totally. Which I think could be equally as anyway. Anyway, um, yeah. But yeah, I kind of want I kind of want an up. It would just be interesting to see how they would make it today, you know. 
Hmm. And then 25 years from now, how terrible it'll be. Yeah. (laughs) When we're all in our flying cars with Bruce Willis Mm -hmm. weighing in. So now should we talk about our outfits? Oh my gosh. Let's talk about our outfits. (laughs) Um, Katie. Yeah. Uh, I see that you're going for a sort of a sporty uh, vibe today. Mm-hmm. And I, I wasn't aware that uh, you're rooting for other teams. And so it's, you're wearing a Dolphins jersey. Yep. And of course, you know, it says on the back, which is very apt, betrayed, bewildered, because that's what being a Dolphins fan will yes. do to you. Is, um, <laughs> yeah, you, that's you, true. you think you're going to make it and you're just mm. betrayed and bewildered. Um, and of course, downstairs, you're wearing, you're wearing a thong. Um, and then on each <laughs> butt cheek, you. it has, it has an R, uh, because that's, that's what a exposed cheek will do. It, it'll get you the R rating. So, um, oh. yeah, <laughs> it's like, where you the, I was this? thinking no. of the scarlet letter for some Oh no reason. no no! Just um just that a a, a butt cheek <laughs> will give you an R. So a double R for you. It's Katie's Katie's double R butt cheeks. Uh, yeah. Um. <sighs> yeah. Well. <laughs> thanks for noticing all of that. Uh, <laughs> Bridget. Yeah. Um. I I like. Um, I like the hairstyle that you have, which I don't um, know if Phil noticed. Bridget obviously did because you yeah. made it or ordered it as, when you came into the club of the pink like um, wig um, that some of the patrons had that just like Barbie doll plastic looking mm-hmm. pink, mm-hmm. pink headdress wig kind of thing, um, which I enjoy. And then uh, your T-shirt that is a little bit of a throwback that um has like a a piece of bread and then uh pierce brosnan from like dante peak his head just (laughs) flying through it and it just says um i pierced the toast (laughs) yeah Yeah, i enjoy that part (laughs) yeah (laughs) you don't poke mustard onto your bread uh philip um, I appreciate your pink socks, first of all, mm-hmm. and your pink shorts and your pink gloves because all people wear pink and, uh, your t-shirt that has Hank Azaria, um, with Bran, um, <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> I want to see where this is road. going. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's, uh, he, but, he's, but yeah, he's dressed sort of in the, he's tall and he's where he's very tall. And he's wearing sort of like a tattered Game of Thrones clothing. And it just says, Agador. <laughs> I love it. Mm. Man, my mind, because I can't see it well. My mind. Bringing all the podcasts yeah, all together for that things. one. <laughs> yeah, I have also, a lot of guesses. in your story, Katie, when you were talking mm-hmm. about Nathan Lane listening to a podcast, I, I thought you were going to say that he had listened to ours. Yeah, I know. I that would well, be maybe amazing. he will. Well, I'm also, kind of giving us a so pep talk Nathan here. Lane, if you're listening yeah. to this yeah. podcast, hey. please listen to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and also we like you a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, I guess we can get into, is it for real? Um, and I won't bury the lead. I guess, like, maybe my Hummer tipped my hand. Um, but I do think this movie is for real. And part of like, it's weird to think of me and maybe it was expectations. Like I, I thought it would be more like line for line cringing than it was. Um, but I also kind of feel like 
in rewatch, like it is, I laughed out loud and I don't do that a lot in movies. Mm -hmm. And I definitely laughed out loud in a lot of spots. And like, while I think it would be made very differently today in a lot of different casting choices, different like plot choices. um, I do think it's like a solid like film. And most importantly for me, I feel like what they think is joyful is still joyful. What's portrayed as shame is still shame and tragic. Although I think it's more tragic than they think. Um, And what is love is still love. Like those things still those things have endured. So for hmm. me, it's for real. Hmm. I think hmm. going back to our original podcast for those, those does it hold up fans, not the real world Westeros fans, <laughs> um, but does it hold up? I would say that this movie does not hold up. Hmm. Um, and I know that we blended that into our definition of for real, but I'm going to go back to the subtitle gen- <laughs> definition of our podcast. And I'm going to say, I don't think it's for real because it doesn't hold up. Mm. And I, I, I wanted it to, and I agree with a lot of what you said, Katie. And I also feel like I shouldn't, maybe I'm not the right person to, to make that judgment. Um, you know, but from, from my own feeling and perspective, I just, am like, I don't think it holds up. I think there's some things in there that I'm just like, ah, um, and so, yeah, I think, I think I'll just stick with that. Is, is Robin Williams and Nathan Lane just fantastic to watch? Yes. Yeah. Nathan Lane is like my other real Hummer besides that woman. I just feel like we talked about him a lot. So yeah. Okay. I'll stick with that. Ooh, tiebreaker. <laughs> tiebreaker. Tiebreaker. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm probably even less a person <laughs> to, to make a judgment on this, but I'm gonna, um, no. And, and I'll put mine out there early that it, for me, it is for real. I think I can clearly see it in that sort of 1996 or whatever time capsule of like, sure. They'd make it different. Sure. Um, there's some blind clunkers. Sure. There's some people wearing native American dress, yeah, um, right. but it's like, I think because, you know, the Rob Williams, Nathan Lane sort of dynamic works so well that it, it sort of outshines everything. And I, I think because Nathan Lane was able to bring sort of those highs, but also the, the really like, yeah, as we said, you know, you feel sorry for him and you're, you're like empathizing with him and hating Val for him. And I think it, it really works of sort of seeing those sort of you're laughing, but you're also feeling for it. And, you know, I can sort of, like I said, hold it in that 1996 time capsule. And Mm -hmm. so it, and I also laughed a bunch. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, for me, Mm -hmm. it was for real. Mm. It's interesting when I read that um, Steve Martin was supposed to play like the more subdued person and Robin Williams was supposed to be more over the mm-hmm. top. I was like, well, that definitely wouldn't be for real. It yeah. would have been at the time. Yeah. It probably yeah. would have made even more money. I'm yeah. sure. And I bet it would, I bet like their d- duo, the pairing would be just still kind of like awesome. But like, yeah, agreed. I just think that would have been, that would have aged so poorly. Yeah. Cause I know exactly what it would have been. And I think part of, I just wonder like if part of my feeling like, I don't know, less um, slapped in the face by this movie or just my for realness about it is the fact that like 
it the movie seems reserved because Robin Williams is reserved. Like mm. it's like you know what he could have been and you know mm. it's this. Mm. It's almost like they made a more progressive choice, even though it's kind of his choice. Mm-hmm. And then with the ca- casting of Nathan Lane, it's not this actor that's trying to play a Broadway mm-hmm. star. It's like the Broadway star right, yeah. that's in this film. So right. I just yeah, I He's wonder how much acting, of it is just his whole right. life, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. But I, I do wonder if that's partly what. I don't want to say tricks me into, but is yeah. that like kind of what you mean? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, okay. Here's my random song choice. That is. I mean, it's Nathan Lane. Sounds like Nathan Lane. Is that produ- the producers? Yeah, that'd be my guess. But no, it's actually just so lovely. It's Nathan Lane on Sesame Street. <gasps> oh my oh gosh! With those pigs that are like dressed like the Supremes. <laughs> oh my god! Or yeah. something. Uh-huh. I love those pigs. I have always loved those singing pig That's puppets. Um, and I just wanted to. I was gonna play maybe Akuna Matata. Oh yeah, that was kind of his I wanted first to get the role. vibe, you know. Yeah. I was yeah. certain you were playing um whatchamacallit sound machine. Mm, um, I was gonna play Miami Sound Machine because I love Gloria Estefan. Yeah. But oh, totally. um when I when I was searching Nathan Lane and that came up, I was like, Oh, oh that, yeah. That is so, the Muppets Nathan Lane. Yeah, so lovely. Ah, <sighs> Birdcage. Happy yeah, pride. the birdcage. Happy pride to everyone. Yeah. Happy pride. Sure. Thank Happy you pride. so much, Edwin P, for the lovely like Miami Insider yes. intro. It was I great. Love that. Yeah. Thanks for sending it our way. And if you want more pride, come to San Diego. I'm excited yeah. because <laughs> ride the pride train. I'll just do a little plug. Uh, the the second weekend of July is in pride which is uh, nice. an all a comedy weekend um featuring lgbtqia plus performers it's stand-up it's improv and it's here in san diego it's at the diversionary theater which is um, one of the oldest lgbtq theaters in the country it's going to be really fantastic and jesse s who's been on this podcast sure is it um so any sam uh oh, that's wonderful like, where am i he's any- producing it Mm-hmm. that's wonderful cool yeah so um it's gonna be if a you're in fun. san francisco this just in it's a real short flight yeah just come on down <laughs> not even that long of a drive so you've already had pride it. you want more come down oh here. my gosh yeah it's warmer that, that is riding the pride train you could train <laughs> literally there's even a that. train that you can get down you could, there is there is i want to take that train one day it's kind of gorgeous yeah I haven't, I haven't done that trick. <laughs> that's the co- their, the that's coast their starlight. It's, it's kind of gorgeous. It's kind of gorgeous. <laughs> it's kind of gorgeous. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Till next time. See ya. Toodaloo.